Hello and welcome to Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. I'm Mike Neely. And I'm Stephen Gorchak. Today on episode 21, we chat with Justin Wright Foreman about his time at Hofstra, as well as his first season in the NBA. We hope you enjoy. Go Pride. And Hofstra fans, we are now joined by former men's basketball great Justin Wright Foreman here on Pridecast. Justin, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate this so much. Oh, it's great. It's great to reconnect with you. And uh, I know a lot of the Hofstra family is uh, looking forward to hearing about uh, what's new with you. So we'll we'll get right into it. Uh, and I'm, as always, joined by uh, my co-host, Mike Neely. Mike, uh, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, Justin, welcome. Uh, great, to, great to be with you. So let's start off, you know, looking back on your Hofstra career before we get into everything else. Looking back at your Hofstra career, just how proud of you of yourself are you of the career you had, the impact you had on the program and on the university? You know, talk about that that a little bit. Um, well, first and foremost, I would like to you know extend you know my hand to uh, Coach Mahalik for you know allowing me to have the opportunity and the coaching staff for you know allowing me to come in and offer me a scholarship to come in and play basketball. Um, I feel like. Um, the I guess the impact that I guess like I had on the Hofstra the Hofstra campus was just I like I was always a nice guy so I just always try to keep a smile on my face and everybody else's around me on the court I just tried to be as much of a leader as I can and try to be vocal try to help the younger guys and even myself too but I realized after a while especially like now talking kind of like helped me back then because it allowed me to, you know, express myself in ways that I couldn't and my teammates, you know, they were able to attack me the same way. So it was it was great to be able to have that um, that feeling on on and off the campus, both uh, on and off the court, because with that just led to great friendships. And, you know, it led to, you know, good days in, in the gym. So I'm just happy I got to experience all of that. Yeah, uh, you talked about the friendships right there that you kind of gained while you were here. And um, which certainly allowed you to uh, be so deeply involved in the team this year, even after having graduated a year ago. Uh, how much did you follow the team this year? Uh, you know, it's been a remarkable run for the men's basketball program of uh, success and obviously the culmination of this year's championship. How much did you follow along this year from whether it was the UCLA win or uh, March 10th when they won the championship? It's so crazy because I caught myself catching games on TV when I was in Utah. So I caught the uh, the UCLA game when we won. So I felt like I was still at the school the way I was supporting it. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a great bond with the guys, especially with the coaches. I wanted to make sure everybody was doing good. Also knew that, you know, the guys had unfinished business with me leaving. The DA was wide open. And I, I just had a proud moment when I uh, – I think we was on a trip. And then like, I was watching the CAA championship in the room from a laptop. And I just couldn't be more happier and and – you know, just for everybody in the building, because I understand where, you know, where we, we were at and we haven't like been to the champ. We haven't like won a championship in like, almost 19 years until, until we won. So it, it's just, you know, the coaches, everybody on campus, including, you know, you guys yourself, you guys helped us in, in more ways than anybody could count. So we just appreciate all the, the help that we have from everybody, the whole Hofstra community. So you mentioned, you know, watching the, the championship game on your laptop in a hotel. So we, we know and we saw, and I don't know how many people know this, 
but you were on FaceTime on the stage that night after they won the championship as the team was, you know, getting their trophy and the whole nine yards. How did you, how'd you get up, how did you get up there? You know, so to speak, who called you? Um, and what was it like being up there with the guys at that time? Uh, being, being able to be up there virtually with the guys was just like, it felt like I did something too. Uh, I actually called DeJore as soon as, uh, as soon as the guys won. I couldn't hesitate. I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to call everybody as soon as I, as soon as that hit zero, I called DeJore, I called coach, I called Speedy, I called Coach Fairley, whoever was going to pick up the phone, I called. But yeah, so (laughs) I was just in full, full emotion because obviously, like I said before, we haven't been there. And, you know, we, we missed it uh, quite a few times. But, you know, just for that moment to happen and me be, to be able to share it with them was just amazing. Yeah. Shout and, out to DeJore for answering his phone, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of DeJore, um, the, the story of how close you two are is uh, well known. Um, and I, I think the, the senior season he had to lead this team to a championship is <laughs> was just a remarkable year. Um, how, can, can you talk about your relationship with DeJore? And just looking back on his senior year and kind of how much uh, the improvement you saw in him from uh, from from maybe his junior year to his senior year. Uh, me and DeJoy are extremely close. And it, it actually all started because we were roommates. So, like, my freshman year and sophomore year, we were roommates. And, like, we were just, like, watching each other just grow at that point. But me and him are, like, fantastic friends, best friends at that and. I'm just so happy for him to be starting his new, you know, his pro career in Amsterdam. Um, uh, I just, I have a lot of love for that kid on and off the court when I was going through stuff or like if I wasn't looking okay on the court, if I wasn't playing well, he'd be the first one to always tell me like, shape, shape up. Like, this is not you. Like, it always just said something to pick me up or if it was off the court, if I was down, he always had something like something to help, like to help me feel better. So it's always good to have a friend like that. So, Justin, you know, everyone, uh, especially out there, you know, from the Hofstra side of things, we all followed your career, right? We were all right there for it. So let's kind of transition to life after Hofstra a little bit. So the first stop before we even talk about the draft is your playing career is over and you go to represent the CAA in that three-on-three tournament, right? So you mm-hmm. got to play with two other greats, and, you know, three other greats, uh, from the CAA that year who were seniors. And it was kind of one of your coming out parties um, on the national stage a little bit more. So tell us what it was like to play in that tournament with other, you know, CAA players who you had played against. Um, what it was like to win the tournament, get on ESPN, uh, you know, you're on sports center for a couple of plays, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was a great moments. I would say, um, I was just happy to be there. I was just happy to be, you know, be able to play basketball, but not, not too many people get a chance to play in, in like the biggest mall in the world. So, I mean, I, that was a great opportunity to just go out there and, you know, there was like NBA coaches there. So it was, it was good that I got a chance to, you know, to be able to show my talents off and be able to, you know, just, change a lot of people's mind about like the CA and like the whole narrative about small guards. So um, that's what all I tried to do. I just started to go out there and prove myself, but um, being able to be there with Jarrell and Vasa and Devante was just, 
um, was great because I learned a lot from those guys. Besides us going to war for four years, we actually got to be on the same team and not at each other's necks. So that was good because we got to bond and actually, you know, see, you know, who each other really were. Like nobody was, you know, bad on the court, let's say, like talking bad or whatever cases. But I mean, like more so like we were going to war and, you know, we were just like competitors at the end of the day. So it was good to be able to be on the same side. I'll say that because... It, there was plenty of times where Vasa and Jarrell and Devontae gave gave us hell while we playing that hofter, but you know, but being on the same team and accomplished the the goal of winning uh, the hundred thousand and leaving with it was was worth it. So, and that uh that that crossover that lives in the three on three tournament history and Sports Center history. Uh, do 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 you remember it? Did, was it planned? Did you it just happened in the flow of the game? And do you remember who it was against? Uh, I don't, I don't remember who is it. Uh, who was it against though? Um, oh, we were playing. Oh, it was the black jerseys? I forgot what conference we were playing, but um, I do remember like some of the moments from there because um, it's actually you know very memorable. Like I said, not too many people get to play in a mall. And when I was there, it was just like walking around and I couldn't find nothing in there. Like I couldn't, it's the mall so big, but just be able to have, you know, another set of eyes on, on, uh, on us besides, you know, everything else and be able to be on ESPN and all the highlight moments. But uh, I guess nothing just defeats us coming together and getting a win. Cause at the end of the day, it wasn't about just me. It wasn't about anything. We came together to, to win. I needed the money. So I needed it bad. <laughs> And you, uh, during it, uh, you, you kind of just touched on it before. You guys really became fast friends, even though you were knowing each other all for like four years. Um, there, there was a lot of social media interaction between you guys, whether it was like making jokes or uh, making fun of each yes. other. Uh, yeah, how, how often do you talk? Obviously, you're teammates with one of those guys right now. Yes. Uh, but how often do you talk to the other two uh, now still? And how's that relationship? Uh, I talked to Devonte uh, when we when we were in the bubble. Actually, um, we I actually saw him every day. Um, but we were actually we were actually pretty cool. Outside of that, um, we just call and check in on each other or text each other, check in on each other's families and stuff like that. Um, and being on a team with Jarrell, you see him every day, so you get the same happy go lucky guy who just works hard every day. So being able to be around that was good. And Voss has been, I think he's overseas, so I haven't really got in touch with him. But I mean, I do plan to just, you know, check on him and see and stuff and see how he's doing. But I mean, you know, we all live busy lives over here and he's overseas, so I don't even know the time difference. But I mean, I hope he's doing well. Last I heard, he was doing well. So then that leads up to the draft, right? So, you know, before we even get into that, just set the scene, where, where were you? Who were you with? What were you doing? You know, what were your expectations going into that night? So my expectation was that I, I mean, I had high hopes that I was going to get drafted, but deep down I told myself, like, if I don't, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. You can go mix, you could go, you know, go work, go work and get something else. Um, but I really didn't think I was going to get drafted and it kind of blew my mind. And I was in Long Island. I uh, I had um, my uncle and my dad. They got a B and B or whatever the case is, and then we just watched it on a, proje- uh, a projector in the backyard. And I got there. I want to say a little bit early, just because I was just like getting antsy or whatever the case is, and I couldn't just I couldn't sit still. 
So now I'm waiting for my mom to get there and like, I can't, like, I still can't sit, I can't, still can't sit still. So now I'm just watching it from pick one to 30 in the first round. My mom finally gets there at like, I want to say she gets there around like the, the fifth pick. And then, but we sit there and we watch it all the way to 30. So now I just keep getting up, walking to the front, trying to socialize, trying to like keep my mind off of it. Just so I like, just in case my name's not called that I, you know, I wouldn't see it, but I wouldn't feel any type of way. But all of a sudden, some, some, something told me to sit down. I was just moving too much and I got food. I calmed down. And then I want to say it was around 50. I think my agent, Sean Kennedy, called me and he told me that I was either going to go one of these picks and at 53, I was sitting down and all I heard was Justin Wright forming. And all I, I was just speeches. I couldn't, I couldn't really say anything to anybody. I couldn't like, I couldn't do anything. I was just stuck in a chair with my hands over my head. And the only thing, the only thing I could really think of is like, is this really happened? Like I thought I was dreaming. It was like somebody pinched me. But I mean, I'm just, I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to, uh, you know, be drafted by the Utah Jazz and, you know, had the opportunity to learn so much this year from everybody. I'm just, I'm just grateful. grateful so, man. so, so Justin, look, looking back to that night, uh, obviously everybody in the Hofstra community was uh, as invested in nearly as much as you, because it was you, but um, I remember, I don't know what pick it was in that second round, about 10 before you went, somebody with the first name, Justin went. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know I jumped 30 feet off my couch uh, do you remember that? I don't remember who it was. Do yes, you remember that same yes. moment? And did you uh, kind of yes. feel that that uh, was, was Justin, you for was, that moment? I think it was. I think it was Justin James that went that went before me to the Sacramento Kings. And then I remember I thought it was going to be me, and I was like, I, I even like I looked at the TV, I see Justin, and then the last name popped up and it wasn't mine. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my god, I, I almost <laughs> gave myself a heart attack, man. Uh, yeah, I, I remember it. Like, I was like, oh my god, and then it was like, oh, that's not right Foreman though. Um, yeah, it was. It had two of those moments because it was that one, and it was the moment where he actually said my name, and then I seen the blue and yellow go in the background, and I was like, "Oh my!" <laughs> I oh, can't believe it. So you get drafted. Um, how how long after the draft did they kind of bring you out? It was it the next week um, for like a press conference and type of event? Yeah, I want to say it was like the the following week after. Because we were getting ready to uh, go into, we were getting ready to go into uh, summer league, the Utah summer league. So they had bought us out in, I want to say, like July first, and then I was at least there for, I want to say, a good two weeks, and before we went to Vegas for the Vegas summer league, and um, yeah, that was about it. And how important was it having, or helpful was it having? Jarrell there with you? Uh, it was definitely very helpful because um, I'm not one to really be by myself all the time because when I'm in New York, I was always around my teammates and I live 20 minutes away in Queens. So it, I had easy access to everybody. And for me to be, you know, 2000 or whatever it is miles away and to have Jarrell there just gave me a peace of mind because I played the three on three with him, played four years in college. So I had somewhat of a comfortability with him and he understood me and, and we like we just understood each other. And like the bond was, I guess, strong at that point because of the three on three that it just so happened to work out during the season. And, you know, with us just being out here and he's a good friend. And whenever I needed him, I could call on him. So it was good to have him out here. And uh, we, we talked about uh, Jarrell Brantley a lot. 
But I mean, there's a lot of CA guys that are making their mark and uh, playing in the NBA. Uh, you, Jarrell, uh, Devontae Kaycock, and, and the list goes on. And, um, and the list is going to increase uh, this offseason as well. Um, mm-hmm. can, can you just touch on how great the CA is and kind of w- what these you and these other guys are showing everybody about this conference? Uh, I want to say that we're showing that that we're tough. Everybody like kind of gives gives the CAA like a, a like a wrong rub because you know we're a mid-major school. But if you look at all, if you look at the NBA, you have mid-major guards that are killing it, or it doesn't matter. It just but it just shows that you know we want to work and that we want to be here because we didn't we don't we didn't have the same privileges as a high major to have every technology, but we did what we could to help our program and every coaches, all the coaches were invested in it. All the campus was invested. So just, just having that uh, was just a useful resource. So, I mean, uh, if that, if, if Grant Riller or me or anybody who's, you know, had the opportunity to tell you, they'll just tell you that we're flat out competitors and we're not going to give up. So from getting drafted, you fly out there, you get introduced, you play in the, you know, the summer league, what is your first welcome to the NBA moment? What's your first, I'm here, I did it, you know, what was that first welcome to the NBA, you know, when you thought that to yourself? Uh, my first moment was when I got there and I want to see, I want to say uh, we had, I want to say it was picture day, but we had to go around and, and um, like do stations for like the radio and stuff like that. I guess that was my like my first kind of like welcome to the NBA moment other than like other than like kind of like some of the rookie mistakes that I would kind of like make like sometimes leave my jersey at my practice jersey at home because I had to take it home and wash it like little stuff like that and then uh, I had great I had good vets and you know like we had rookie duty so so we had to had to comply with those so I guess those are all welcome. So, nice. just Justin, obviously, you've mentioned it. the uh, The summer league happens, um, you, and I was Utah hosts one, and you played in another one as well. Um, and then now you're you're a member of the Salt Lake City Stars, and you're uh, you're really you're killing it with the Stars and doing really well, mm-hmm. scoring a lot of points. Um, what what was that experience in that first season like uh, playing with the Stars and kind of getting on getting professional basketball uh in your blood oh it was a it was a very great and humbling experience um i'll say that because um i'll say because when i was at hostra i also took my first year as a learning experience because i didn't get much you know playing time and I wasn't, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll say it myself. Like, I just wasn't a key piece to the team at the time because we had Wanye. We had we had a bunch of great players. So I knew kind of like my role wasn't going to fit in. But um, but this year, I just took it as a learning experience. And um, I just, you know, every day I went in there, like, and I had questions. I make sure I tried to go in there every day with the highest energy, tried to be loud, tried to be vocal. So that's one of the things that I did learn this year, especially from watching everybody. Um, just how much everybody communicates both on both sides of the floor, just how much people just talk in general. Um, I learned different ways on how to be a leader uh, by watching like Donovan, Mike, Joe, just watching all the guys because you just never know. But 
uh, by just by watching somebody, you just pick up a lot. So I picked up a lot being here. So um, I think that's really all my first year was. Like, I had a good year, like, in the G League. But my guess my job was really just to to learn and and be focused this year and, and whenever my number was called to, to be ready. Yeah, like you did say, you had a, a good first year in the G League. Uh, you put up some big numbers. There were some nights where you put up some big numbers. Um, so how quickly did you feel comfortable – playing in that in the you know the professional style um you know it's it's a little bit different as everyone knows and and how quickly you know did you have the confidence then to say okay i'm gonna you know my role is gonna be to score the basketball this is gonna be my role i'm gonna step up you know how quickly did you get comfortable in that situation um i got comfortable real fast and that was just credit to my teammates um my teammates were, you know, they, they, they knew me coming out of high, uh, coming out of college. Uh, I was a good scorer, but I really just wanted to show everybody that I can also make plays too. I'm not just a scorer. So, and I guess that was my job and what I knew I needed to get better at, uh, was my decision-making. So I just went into the year. Um, I'm not going to lie. It, I was nervous like, a couple games during the year because, you know, I was just getting my feet wet, but I feel like my game was just, I feel like my game was just overall like set for the NBA because I do like I, I could play one on one, but if you need me to make a a good pass to somebody if I'm driving to the corner I can make it. I just really wanted to prove that whatever the whatever the doubts that people had at me uh, about me going into the draft or after the draft about my decision making, I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. Like whether he's too small whether he's way too slow or not athletic enough. I just wanted to put everybody on notice that, that even though I'm six one and I played in the CAA, you're just not going to, uh, you're just not going to like roll over me. Like I'm not going to fold. And that's one thing that I, I took and tried to use and keep a chip on my shoulder with too. And uh, speaking of pe- proving people wrong, that's kind of what Hofstra basketball guys have been doing for years. And there's, there's a slew of you guys in the pro ranks, whether it's in the NBA whether it's in the G League, whether it's overseas, um, you, ha- you know, from Charles to you to Speedy to Jay Hernandez as an assistant coach right now. Do you, ha- how many of those guys do you kind of talk to? And uh, did you were you able to learn a lot from those guys in any conversations? Uh, I seen Jay during pre-draft. Um, me and him actually, we just, you know, we just talked about the good old times at Hofstra and then it was like, you know, stuff about the Charlotte Hornets when I was there. Um, but the the person I, I do speak to a, a lot is Speedy and Norm. Uh, so I, I feel like me and, me and Norm and Speedy, like relationship, like kind of grew throughout the years because uh, obviously Speedy was my coach. And then I met Norm, obviously, because he went to the school, but um I guess like just over time, just, you know, meeting him and actually sitting down, picking his brain and stuff like that. And he just gave me his number, told me if I ever needed to call or whatever I needed to ask questions, always told me that, that he's, he's never going to decline my calls. So now it just came to the point where I just, I call every day and I check on him, his wife and his daughter, and just to make sure, I mean, his son, just to make sure, you know, everything is, everything is good around the house and, you know, they're good, especially with everything going on. So that's about it. So one of the things I think, you know, everyone's really interested in hearing about and learning about is the NBA bubble. You, you referenced it before. So before we, we even get into it, you know, what, when did you know you were going down there? What were your, what were your kind of perceptions of what was going to happen? You know, and, and talk about 
you know, getting into the bubble to start with before even any games were played or practice, you know, actually getting into the bubble itself? Uh, actually, getting into the bubble itself was, um, in my opinion, it was weird uh, because, you know, I don't want to say it was weird, but at first it was because we couldn't really do anything. So, like, I guess the protocol was when you first get in, you had to quarantine for the first two days. Then after the re-quarantine for the first two days, I guess we have free reign to, to go outside, but we can't leave the campus. We had to stay on inside the campus, whatever food was there. And uh, they, we, they had courts on, uh, they had courts inside the hotel, all around the hotel, different food spots, different activities that you, they had pools, uh, volleyball. They had everything to, you know, just accommodate us and keep us entertained because, you know, you go fishing? With, excuse me? Did you go fishing? I actually didn't go fishing. I was trying <laughs> so bad. Every time, every time we tried to go fishing, it was just entirely too hot. And I can't stand in the sun. So I was not doing that. So there's no but, golf? Um, huh? No, no golfing. No golfing. <laughs> no golfing. No golfing. Um, but otherwise than that, it was cool. Um, not obviously not having like, you know, loved ones around or people that you know is kind of is kind of irritating and it could be annoying to a certain extent. But when you're there to to do a job and to, you know, when you look at the bigger picture and everything that it was for, especially with everything going on in the world with social injustice, just for us to be there to, to use our platform in that way and to, you know, to still, you know, be willing to, to do something, to do something positive with all the negative that's going on, you know, just shows us like how strong the league is and, and how committed that everybody was to, you know, come into the bubble and, you know, actually standing for something. Absolutely, Justin. Well said. Uh, so two, I have a two-part question. Uh, pre-pandemic, uh, you got your first appearance in an NBA game. I believe you checked in for Donovan Mitchell, if I'm not uh, mistaken, uh, mm-hmm. late in the game. Uh, and then during the bubble, uh, you, you scored your first NBA points. Can you take us through both moments and kind of um, like the feeling that goes through somebody who's, you know, who, who's really finally making it? You know, what, what's that like? Uh, I can I can answer them both. Um, so the first time I checked in was against the San Antonio Spurs with a minute and thirty two seconds left, and I just didn't know what to really expect. I because it was my first time going in the game, and even though it was the end of the game, and I think the Spurs I think the Spurs are winning at that point, but you still never know. You have to be ready to you know if if shots start to fall and one comes your way, and y'all, y'all, you guys are coming back with a minute thirty two left. I mean, why not? But I mean, um, both moments are really, I, I really couldn't explain because I was just more so in the heat of the moment and kind of like nervous. Um, but at the end of the day, I just knew that I had a job to do and I wasn't on the court for no reason. So I just had to be ready. And the time when I guess I, we, when we were in a bubble and I scored my first point, I didn't know what was going on. I completely, I think I got a steal and then I just tried to go make something happen at the basket and then I thought it was going to be uh, two points and then wind up getting a block for a goaltending. Yeah, it was so, goaltending, right? Yeah, it was goaltending. And then, oh, was it free throws? I think it was free Your throws. first points were free throw. Your first basket yeah. was a goaltend. Yeah. It was a goaltend. Yeah. So I thought the first basket was going to go in, but then I was like, ah. But I was just so happy I got those free throws off before. So it was all right. <laughs> so 
you know, being in the bubble also, like you said, it was a business trip. Uh, you had a job to do. You know, most of your loved ones weren't there. Uh, what was it like then in terms of building camaraderie between, you know, the team, you know, everybody who was playing on your team on the roster with the coaches and then the NBA as a whole, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't just your team in that situation. It mm-hmm. was all the teams in that situation. So, you know, talk about that a little bit. I feel like every team had no choice but to talk to each other, if you really want to be honest. But um, because we, we were all together and at, at a point, and we were on the same floor, so we had to communicate. But I feel like our camaraderie, for the most part, was very much genuine. And, like, everybody really came in with the goal that we wanted to win. And, you know, un, it's unfortunate the circumstance, but if you look throughout the if you look out throughout the year and look at our bench during games you can see like how together we were and like with everything like when somebody made a basket everybody's standing up when somebody's like with somebody um makes a chant on the bench we're always repeating it well plays from the bench like on defense and offense and then if, if people didn't realize but we had our like own thing going on, on the bench like our own little like our own like little salute on the court to the people who are coming off the court. If you didn't notice, but um, but it was good though to just you know be able to be a part of that because it was also like a family group and it reminded me of being back at hockey. So it was good. So uh, I guess kind of a two part question here: What was literally the coolest thing about the bubble uh, that maybe a everyday fan didn't get to see? Uh, like what behind the scenes was like? Yeah, this is kind of neat. Uh, I want to say they had a, they, it was actually a lot of things. So I want to say they, they had, oh, what is that game where you throw the, the horn throw thing in the hole? Horn, 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 hole? horn, sack, horn, hole, corn hole. Yeah. Yes. That, that game is so fun. I got addicted <laughs> to that game in the bubble. I got addicted. That game is did so you, Did you fun. play against like uh, teammates? Played, or... Yeah, I was playing against, uh, it was me and Mie versus like Royce and Donovan. And we got them a couple times, but I oh, still got to get better. I, I got I got carried like twice. So did you uh, did you have uh, Jimmy Butler's uh, coffee while you were in the bubble? No. <laughs> no, I what, did not. What about, did you get a, uh, a haircut at the barbershop? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, the, the barbers in the barbershop were actually pretty good. They were actually pretty good. They cut my hair the way I wanted it. So I was, I was happy. Look good, play good. <laughs> That's it. So uh, moving on, uh, obviously we've exhausted the NBA bubble questions. Uh, as you uh, take the next step in your NBA career, what, what, where do you think you're excelling right now in your, in your development? And where do you think you need to get better? Uh, I think as of lately, I've been growing in all areas. It's not just one because I've always been a good scorer, but I feel like I've matured a lot. Um, like just with my decision making and, you know, just decision making in general and off the court. And, um, I still have to get better on defense, but I've definitely got a lot better. It's just, a, it's just a lot of stuff that I feel like I need to improve on because I'm just a, I'm just a baller at the end of the day and want to just get better in all areas. But, um, I just feel like in the, the area as far as defense, I still need to get a lot better, pick up my vocalness and and use my six, seven wingspan that I got in these big hands. Wait, mama, you got daddy's hands. Perfect, uh, perfect, perfect timing. Perfect timing, yeah, because the next question was, you just picked your daughter up and you're talking to her. What's it like to have become a father 
And, you know, especially in this time, spend some time with your daughter. Uh, it's good. Stop being the brat. It's good. Um, you know, she doesn't really give anybody a hard time, right? She's always smiling, laughing. And that's the, I guess that's the best part of it. Just, you know, seeing her happy and smiling every day. And, um, you know, just making sure she's good and that she has everything that she needs. It's completely different, though. It's di- what? It's different. It's, it's, you know, everybody said it's different when you have your own. You get so overprotective and get soft. So I think when she was born, this is the softest I've been. So. Uh, that well said, and uh, that literally was, couldn't the timing couldn't have been better. We had the we had the dad question all lined up, and uh, you're you're holding your daughter right now, so that that was perfect. So so Justin, we're gonna end with some fun questions. We got five or six quick fun questions for you to answer. Uh, you ready to go? These you don't have to give crazy long answers, but we're you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, let's start. Uh, favorite professional city you visited? Ah, uh, Texas. That's not a city. Oh, oh, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Sorry. Perfect. Dallas, a great city. Great Dallas. City. What uh, What's your favorite place on Hofstra's campus other than the basketball arena? Uh, the cat. I love food. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Again, good 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 answer because it leads right into the next question. Your favorite restaurant anywhere in the country? Vincent's Clam Bar. Nice. What about? All right. So who you're you're an NBA player now? Who's the most famous person in your cell phone? Uh, Donovan. Hollywood Donovan. Justin, I, I want you to know that was my guess when we were writing the questions. <laughs> it was, I said, it I was. said, I think it's going to be Donovan Mitchell, just out of curiosity. You know, his yeah, teammate, the star on his team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. Your favorite Hofstra basketball moment while you were a member of the team. So you can't say the championship this year. Uh, y'all don't know, but my favorite moment is when I seen Connor hit his first three, his first points ever. That's my favorite moment because oh, in that awesome. moment, it, that's so you cool. Have to, everybody doesn't know that, but that's actually, I don't forgot who we were playing actually, but I just remember like all the hard work that he put in, like during this going into that game and every day in practice, he just never like backed down from a challenge. And especially since he had to guard me every day, it was just it, him and DeJore and giving them a hard time every day. But, I, um, I thought just, you were going to say yeah, the Northeastern game. Uh, No, no, no. I mean, that was a good game. That was a good game, but I feel like, I feel like Connor's was more memorable than mine's. I actually never told anybody this though, but that's probably, I never even told him that, but just, like I said, just seeing, you know, the work that he put in um, to, to even be on the campus and to, you know, just to be around us and how good of a guy he was. It just, for that moment to come true, especially as a walk on, you know, it, it was, it was amazing. That's so cool. And then we'll end it here. Your favorite non-basketball pro sports team. So no best. Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. We, we, we thought you were gonna say the Mets. I thought you were a Mets fan. No, I actually don't even watch baseball like that. I actually, when I was growing up, I was a Cardinals fan because of Albert Pujols. Oh, and then, there you go. Yeah, and then after a while, I just stopped watching it. My uncle was very big on baseball. He was a Yankees fan. I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. Nine <laughs> innings is not my thing. Well, Justin, I I thought I knew a lot about you, and I even learned more about you over the last half an hour. 
So uh, we can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, and we, we look forward to checking in again soon and seeing what the future holds for you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. It meant a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. And, uh, good luck and uh, enjoy the zoo today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Great one. Thank you for joining us on Pridecast. Make sure you follow the Pride online at GoHofstra.com and on social media at Hofstra Pride. And stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.